tell me something funny about Jason. Oh, Jason Calacanis? Love his monotone voice. It's like ASMR, but instead of calming me down, it puts me to sleep. <laughs> but hey, at least he's got tech smarts, am I right? This Week in Startups is brought to you by House of Macadamias is the next big health trend. Get 20% off your first purchase and a free bottle of cold-pressed macadamia oil at houseofmacadamias.com slash twist by using code TWIST20. Crowdbotics. Great ideas can change the world. And Crowdbotics is the fastest way to turn those ideas into code. Get a free sculpting session for your next big app idea at crowdbotics.com slash twist. And Meowtel. Traveling soon? Book a local and insured sitter on Meowtel, the number one cat sitting app. Save $25 on your first booking with code TWIST25. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Sean Frain, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Looking Glass. He was previously on episode 902 back in February of 2019. We wanted to have my back on because they are cooking something very interesting at Looking Glass. Sean, welcome back. What have you been up Thanks. to? Thanks, Jason. Good to be back. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, what are you working on? Uh, we're combining the realism of holograms with the realism of conversational AI. Um, oh. So pretty, pretty hot stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, the best thing to do here uh, is to show, uh, don't tell. So maybe you could do a quick demo. If you're not watching the video, you can go to youtube.com slash this weekend. Or if you're on Spotify, you can click the video player. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you have to search for this week in startups video. There's two feeds, video and uh, audio. But we'll sportscast it, and we'll sh we'll talk about what we're seeing on the screen while we do this. Always fun with holograms to sportscast. Yeah. Uh, yeah so um, the name of this platform is called Lightforms, and it combines holograms with ChatGPT. Um, I'll pull up one of the many Lightforms here. Okay. So what we're looking at here is a camera pointed at a frame. It looks like a picture frame with some light around the edges, almost like a neon yes. light around the edges. That is our looking glass portrait display. And I'm okay. going to bring a little Shiba Inu into the looking glass. Okay. Everybody's favorite dog after bulldogs. So there's your puppy. And we're seeing like a cartoon character that is, has a lot of depth, looks like a actual avatar in the real world hey can you hear me hey girl what's up ready to kick some metaphorical butt today hey uh little Eno, do you know who jason calacanis is hey hun of course i know who jason calacanis is do you want me to give you a lowdown or are you just trying to flex your startup knowledge tell me something funny about jason oh jason calacanis Love his monotone voice. It's like ASMR, but instead of calming me down, it puts me to sleep. <laughs> but hey, at least he's got tech smarts. Am I right? One so, more question. What was Jason's best investment as a VC? OMG, let me check my crystal ball real quick. Kidding, girl. Everyone knows that Jason's best investment was Uber. Obvi. Alright, so... Uh, you had this conversation with this picture frame, with this animated avatar character of a dog, 
and every time uh, she was thinking, you asked her a question, a couple of little um, thinking, like a thinking bubble kind of showed you um, three bars and the three bars like you might have on your cell phone to show you reception were moving, I guess, to indicate that she was doing a search on the internet. And then we also heard that instead of just reading it in a monotone, in a boring way, like ChatGPT would, she had a little bit of style, a little bit of hipness. Um, so a, a bit of personality. So you've trained her to have personality while she did those queries. She's a bit sassy. Bit sassy. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what she does. Um, <laughs> and combines with a holographic output of the character. Um, and so really what we're focused on with this Lightforms platform that works in looking glass holographic displays is pulling those um, conversations with AI into the real world. This is such a great idea. I feel like we had this discussion already. We did. We so, did. I took um, your idea. Uh, well, I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> obvious idea that I think you had already, so it's very generous of you to give me credit. But last time you were on, uh, it was a couple, a couple of hundred episodes ago, here's what I said. Oh my God, I just figured out your entire company. <laughs> I love talking to smart people. It's so inspiring. Uh, if this was Alexa, and you have all these deep fakes, deep fakes, they call them? I think so. Real fakes? Deep, deep fakes. Yeah. You have all this deep fake technology. This looks like my Amazon show, which has a little screen on it. Yeah. If you, if Bezos, if you, he got his hands on this, and Alexa was looking at you talking, when you said, Alexa, call me an Uber. Right. Imagine that. Have you thought about that? Taking one of, taking Siri or Alexa, and then bringing them to life? That was pretty funny. Um, that was <laughs> a long time ago. Funny. That was about 30, I was about 30 pounds heavier there. So shocking for people to see me. Uh, that was fat <laughs> J. Cal, as opposed to Schvelte J. Cal now. Uh, but aside from that shocking moment of uh, how fat I was, um, what, what, uh, what are you, um, were you actually, was that the path you were thinking about already? I'm assuming you were. There was a, there's a short list of four or five killer apps that we were all we've been working on for the last eight years of our company's um, life. Um, and so uh, conversational holographic AI character was one of them. Um, the problem with Alexa, and we tried this with IBM Watson, all the stuff for four or five years has always been um, didn't feel real enough. You know, mm. the holograms felt real, but the conversations didn't feel real. Um, but now with ChatGPT and you know, some uh, additions of personality combined with the holographic output. Um, it feels as real as a, a real character, you know, there in front of you in the real world or a real person or what have you. And so what is the business model today? Because obviously you have this looking glass, you created the hardware and the, I guess the software platform to create these 3D, you know, holograms. Um, and I, I don't think they're that expensive. So what is uh, um, the hardware cost? And then what do you think the business model will be? Are you going to be a service provider in a platform? Or are you going to try to actually make an Alexa competitor or do licensing deals with Marvel or Disney? W w what's your the business model? And how much did, did you get those um, the looking glass blocks down to? I guess you call them blocks instead of frames. It's a cool name. Yeah, um, and the newer these newer systems um, that we use, they're actually they're hollow, so they're very light, huh. and the screen element itself is very thin. Versus the ones that 
um, I brought to your studio a few years ago. They had big old blocks on them. So we're cool. kind of beyond that um, point. And so um, the business model is to sell hardware, um, like the looking glass displays, and to sell time. So time that you're chatting with these conversational AI holograms. And we're focused, obviously, giving folks a taste in their home. Um, so people can buy a looking glass portrait for 400 bucks uh, right on our website, lookingglassfactory.com. Um, they can uh, give Lightforms, the platform, a try. And there's some sample characters in there that people can um, have conversations with and see what it's like to uh, chat with different characters, with different personalities, different holograms with different personalities. Um, and then for enterprises, uh, we charge for time. And so the more you chat with uh, the light forms, um, the, um, you know, the more you pay. <laughs> if you love snacking like I do, you got to find the perfect snack. It's not easy. You want one that's going to remove cravings that fit your dietary goals, regulates your blood glucose levels, and got to be something you look forward to eating. And you know what I love? I love macadamia nuts. Mm, what a treat. They got so many health benefits. I'll give you the highlights right here. They are the only nut that is rich in omega-7s. That's linked to natural collagen production, reducing inflammation, stabilizing your glucose levels, and healthy fat metabolism. And the folks, my friends at House of Macadamias, are obsessed with making the highest quality macadamia products available. Chocolate-dipped macadamia nuts are my favorite. But I also, sometimes I get that coconut craving. You ever get that? They got a chocolate coconut macadamia bar that is amazing. And it hits the spot. It's not going to spike your glucose. It's something healthy, but it's a treat. It's a treat. And they just launched an amazing cold press macadamia oil with a buttery flavor and a high smoking point. Perfect for drizzling over meals or cooking. Use the code TWIST20 to get 20% off. And for a limited time, they're giving a free bottle of premium cold-pressed extra virgin macadamia oil with any purchase. Go to houseofmacadamias.com slash twist and use the code TWIST20. Houseofmacadamias.com slash twist and use that code TWIST20 so they know Cal sent you. Oh, well, and it's really interesting. You got into this, if I remember correctly, like this is, yeah, you've been at this for eight years, you said earlier. Um, you did a Kickstarter once or twice, raised a couple of hundred thousand dollars from that. And then you did seed rounds and series A, and you've been just grinding and grinding as this product, which is a hardware product to have the hologram looking glass that takes time. But then, uh, suddenly you have AI catch up yeah. during that time period, which makes it super interesting because... You must have seen there is a TikTok influencer charging a dollar a minute to talk with her. Right. Yeah. And so it doesn't take a genius to figure out that, hey, you could have a Marvel character, uh, an influencer, and you could start a virtual relationship with one of them. Or now people are starting to speculate, well, you could take grandma or grandpa and, you know, have whatever if you did 10 interviews with them and you had 10 hours of conversations about their life you could create an ai where you could at times instead of looking at just a picture of grandma you could ask grandma you know hey what was it like in the roaring 20s and she might give you an answer absolutely and you know our piece of it is making sure those characters have real personality so it doesn't uh, feel like the chat bot set no one likes when you're waiting for you know um 
airport customer service hmm. um, feels more like a person, a conversation with a person and the embodiments holographically. And, you know, people have imagined this future where conversational AI is embodied, but a lot of those imaginings have historically in sci-fi been in robots. Yeah. But the problem with robots is they're made of metal and plastic and you can't change them. They're sort of, you know, stamped at the factory and then that's what they are, um, kind of like a BlackBerry keyboard. But for this moment of the embodiment of conversational AI, holograms provide a much um, more flexible iPhone-esque type of um, platform. And are people, uh, third parties using the platform yet? What's the most interesting thing, you know, folks have used the product for? So this is at the very early days. So we just started teasing this out and are really just announcing the platform um, now when this um, uh, podcast comes out. Um, we do have folks, even from the early teasing that we put out there um with one of the early lightform characters contacted us they want to make their mascot into a living breathing well almost breathing but a yeah. living uh, a hologram uh, in retail environments in location-based entertainments um for events and stadiums all these types of things folks are reaching out and saying wow we have a mascot or we have a person that we want to turn into a hologram you can chat with. Can we do something with Looking Glass? So that would be fascinating if some sports team had a mascot. You could have the mascot greeting people yeah. at the store, at the stadium. You know, if you go to Disneyland or some amusement park, you could have all the Avengers and you could walk through the Hall of Avengers and you could actually talk to them and ask them questions. They might know who you are through some QR code or your phone app. And you could actually have a conversation with Iron Man, Tony Stark, the possibilities here are endless. And those frames now, um, they get quite large, right? So the $500 mm -hmm. one is what we would consider like a desktop photo of your family. Like, I don't know, it's out of 10 yeah, by It's around like an iPad size. Yeah. Got it. Um, but you can do bigger ones now. I remember you had talked in our previous conversation about doing larger ones of these, right? Yeah, so we have a 32-inch and a 65-inch looking oh, glass wow. display. They're, yeah, they're That's they're like big TV size, yeah. Yeah, So and that's a perfect size for some of these advertising, retail installation type of environments, um, and that's why we made it. This would be amazing. I mean, if you went to Yankee Stadium or, you know, uh, you know Madison Square Garden, you could have right. all the past Hall of Fame uh, players, if the players were would allow this, and let them have you know, a, a very narrow set yeah. of conversations, but hey, tell me about this game. Tell me what it was like to play here. And you could have, you know, pretty dynamic conversations. Of course, you got to make sure the conversations don't go off the rails and they mm -hmm. say things they're not supposed to or, you know, get involved in discussions and, you know, zones that would not be appropriate for the venue or the context. But that's something that software can do mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the time is ending for folks being satisfied going to a movie and having a Marvel character, you know, a flat Marvel character, physically uh. flat, um, having a one-way sort of conversation, uh. just talking at the audience. In five years, I think everybody for every film, they're going to demand having a two-way conversation with a hologram of those characters. And same thing goes for any of these other environments like um, some, uh, uh, someone at a stadium. That you want to uh -huh. have a conversation with.
in you when you see talk about movies and filmed entertainment a passive experience which is kind of what we want we want to sit back yeah. and just be taken away and then just kind of lose ourselves in a film at least i do um i don't want to talk to the film i want to have the <laughs> experience of what the director intended but afterwards i might want to talk to the characters so or that could be fun for my kids i think so how do you see that playing out somebody goes and sees you know whatever the popular movie is minions um, <laughs> so if kids are going to see the minions movies you could have these things in the lobby and you could talk to the minions and kids might have as much fun doing that as they did seeing the movie yeah um so not replacing movies um that type of experience in my view is something that is very special and that shouldn't be made interactive in the theater itself but then when you're in the lobby um of the theater of the cinema or when you go home being able to continue the relationship, the conversation with those characters is going to be big. And they're going to be able to do things in your life. It won't only be about um, necessarily what that movie was about, although certainly that'll be part of the conversation. They might be able to remind you in a way that is in character um, what you have coming up tomorrow. Hey, like Billy, don't forget to study for that test you have coming up tomorrow. And that uh. could be a hologram of a minion in the you know home of the very near future mm. yeah there there's something uh that disney did with finding nemo around this i don't know if that was that your technology or that somebody else where you could interact with them so if if i'm uh what of the turtle yeah and, uh, at turtle the talk parks, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an amazing installation as far as i know there was someone actually puppeteering that in uh. the background so that wasn't to my knowledge that wasn't ai driven that makes total sense. So they are doing CGI live and there's a puppeteer who then yeah. is interacting with the audience. Uh, in your case here now with technology, this is going to be much easier to do. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Um, so I guess the idea now is how does your business, when you have a deep tech business like this and you got to spend tens of millions of dollars, five, six, seven, eight years, how does the investment community view your startup? Um, it's got hardware. A lot of VCs don't want to do hardware. It's got deep tech. It's going to take a while to perfect. You got a limited audience because people haven't figured out the killer app yet. Explain your journey, what you've learned as a founder, <laughs> because I get this over and over again. Founders telling me, you know, we have to build this like really hardcore technology. It's going to take years and I can't get venture funding. How did you do it? And then how do you, you know, kind of get this over the finish line? Because they're looking for scaled revenue. How do you get to 100 million in revenue? Yeah. Based on it. And it seems like you're still in the, I don't want to say experimental phase, but you're still in the looking for, I think you would agree, the killer app. Well, we think this is the killer app. Um, but um, we have been searching for a while. So that, that part um, I 100% agree with. Um, and, you know, we're not at hundreds of millions of revenue yet, but we um, are doing good business with um, different, uh, different enterprise customers and individuals Ugh. who are looking to get an early taste. Um, the, the journey has really been um, one of uh, following a few North Stars that we haven't diverged from. So we think people like to do things in groups. Um, <laughs> so we make group viewable holographic displays. We um, want to make technology easier and easier and easier for folks to use. So you don't have to be a super nerd. Um, speaking as a super nerd, you don't have to be a super nerd. As to a be qualified able to use. super nerd. 
to use to use this stuff yeah um and um then making them more and more useful in people's lives and so we've stayed true to that and it's shaped the techno technology path um and we've been very lucky to be able to um get investment from investors like foundry group brad feld is on our board yeah folks at lux capital jeff clavier at uncork i mean you know all these guys um and they saw the same future and see the same future that we see that feels so inevitable because mm. we've been seeing it in movies our whole lives yes um, in and, fact, the Blade Runner that yeah. just came out had 3D billboards. Absolutely. And this character who was projected from like some sort of projector mm -hmm. that the main character had fallen in love with. It was kind of like a, a romantic uh, avatar that he had this relationship with. All right. We all know the one thing that separates great startups from the good ones is product velocity. What does it mean? Product velocity. Fancy term, right? You've got your product and you have velocity. Speed. The speed in which your product improves. So can you ship updates? Can you release new features? Can you do bug fixes? Can you iterate on the interface? Can you solve problems for your customers? And can you do it quickly? Because you're not alone. You have competitors and your customers have choices. They may fit solve their problems by writing their own custom code, or they might use your solution. This is what startups are about. How fast can you get that product velocity going? And so, you know, how, you, how do you supercharge it? Everybody says, okay, yeah, we want to go faster, but you got to go faster intelligently. And Crowdbotics is going to help you do that. They're your CTO as a service. Basically, they provide you with the most optimal architecture to get your product to market as fast as possible. You'll have access to an on-demand product manager and developer talent, and they will help get your app into production 10 times faster than conventional development. Crowdbotics can work with your in-house dev team, or you could just have them work independently. And you own all the IP, you own all the source code, let the folks at Crowdbotics supercharge your product velocity today, no more waiting, get a free build plan at crowdbotics.com slash twist. That's a $4.99 value just for the twist listeners, you get that for free. That's C-R-O-W-D-B-O-T-I-C-S.com slash twist for a free build plan. And so, yeah, that's out there. You mentioned enterprise clients in there. Mm -hmm. Enterprise clients, uh, they don't scale exactly, but they're a great way, especially with an experimental technology to get in hundreds of thousands, low millions of dollars to do projects. It's a little bit of service work. It's a lot of custom mm -hmm. stuff, but it proves out the case. H have the enterprise customers started coming in yet? Oh, and yeah, have, for sure. Are there public but, examples of that yet or, or not uh, yet ready to be announced? Uh, there's a there's a few examples I can talk about. So, um Bulgari is using our technology um, uh, in that case to visualize products, uh, oh. watches. Um, Pixar just showed um, a couple of the characters from their new movie, Elemental, in two 32-inch looking glasses in the Steve Jobs Auditorium at Pixar headquarters as part of their press event because they wanted to pull those characters from the two-dimensional world into the real world um, for press to see. And so there's a lot of examples like that that are kind of the early examples of um, top tier brands recognizing the value in the technology. Um, and so we're, the course that we're charting is the course that anyone who builds these new computer interfaces has charted in the past. Go to um, the deeper pocketed enterprise customers that really want to be first in the world. Um, and then uh, that will help to fuel the cost reduction so that everybody will be able to use this technology. Um, not too far down the road.
Yeah, here's somebody tweeted out actually the Pixar stuff from Elemental, and I guess mm -hmm. this is we'll pull it up on the screen here. Now this is hard to um, because this is a hologram, and there's some reflections. Cameras don't do a good job of showing the fidelity because you get the you can yeah. see the office space and the reflection, but you wouldn't <laughs> be seeing that if you were in real life, I guess. Um, but you do get to see even in, even with that you know an iPhone camera, I assume you really do get to see how the depth of that character looks totally different than a, a flat screen TV. Totally. It's uh, transformatively, uh, qualitatively different. And that the yeah. person that shared that was Peter, um, who's actually the director of the film. Oh. Um, and so uh, it's been nice to work with folks that share, uh, you know, this vision of the future. Yeah. And now you start to think about generative AI tools. And this could become part of, you know, the, um, the hardware stack for a Pixar artist. Or mm -hmm. a game developer. We recently had a game developer on the show who was using generative AI to make the items in a game. Yeah. And so you could say, I don't know if you saw that episode, but you could say, oh, make me a zombie character. Mm -hmm. Now you already have a palette of what the design theme of it is. You know, let's say it was anime or a certain right. type of anime. You say, uh, and the company's called Scenario, by the way. Um, and so with Scenario's tool, you could say, oh, give me, um, I did one more, give me a teenage zombie in a football jersey like a football player zombie and it came up with like five options and they said mm -hmm. okay let's take this one and make this is the one we like let's make 10 options of that and you can imagine doing that on the looking glass and being able to see it in 3d and really get a feel for it so has that concept uh come to pass yet where artists are saying you know i want to see this um people who make commercial artists doing video games doing whatever comic books etc mm -hmm. looking at them and saying hey this is a place for me to kind of experience my characters before i let them loose in and and actually be doing like dolly and mid-journey live yeah absolutely a lot of folks are making mid-journey holograms pulling those into their looking glass um and um you know the future of this is that you'll be able to have holographic media that you generate off of a prompt that you type in or maybe that mm. you speak to a light form um and they generate it um, but also you could manifest any character you could imagine that you're working on as well in a looking glass. So making it easier and easier and easier to make 3D content then immediately feeds additional content into uh, the looking glass ecosystem. Yeah, so if I'm understanding correctly, we've got this looking glass, it's on a desk or mm -hmm. it's in my home or it's you know, in, in uh, an art gallery or something, and I talk to it, or I talk to an app that's connected to it, perhaps, I give it a prompt, and I get to see it actually come up in real time. Yeah. It's kind of trippy yeah. when you think about it. It's crazy. Um, it's like um, summoning something from your imagination just by speaking yeah. it out. It's, uh, it's, mag it's magical. It'd be really interesting, too, for movie theaters. You think about just the humble movie poster. And how there was an art form of movie posters or <laughs> concert halls would have, you know, it's Grateful Dead or Bob Dylan. You can go buy the beautiful uh, posters that people were making and there'd be one of one, you know, like make it for each tour, each stop along the tour. They would make a different piece of artwork. <laughs> you could actually start to do stuff like this. Movie posters in a lobby. So you're going to go see Blade Runner, but you see the characters or the next, yeah. as I said, Marvel film or whatever, Indiana Jones. And you get to see Indiana Jones in this sort of 3d thing this would be an, a great draw to put outside a movie theater yeah interactive movie posters wow uh yeah 
Fantastic. And so people can buy these now. Uh, and who's buying these looking glass uh, things now? Is it just uh, dorks and, and nerds? <laughs> uh, you know, who's, who's buying all these things? Yeah. I mean, uh, as always, definitely some amazing dorks and nerds like yours truly. Um, uh-huh. uh, but um, any surprising but, people that you saw like, wow, this order came in and like, wow, this is interesting. Like, I mean, you have to say who the person is, but you'd say the, the sort of genre of person. I mean, every, every company that you could imagine that is interested in new ways to communicate, huh. new ways to entertain, um, new ways to bring um, characters that they've invested a lot of money into, into a new environment where they can re-monetize um, in a different platform. So uh, a bunch of folks have our looking glass um, displays, the small ones, the big ones, full kit and caboodle. Um, and now with the release of the Lightforms holographic AI platform, folks are starting to use the um, beta. And yeah. um, we'll see some installations come out in public environments that I think folks will find pretty interesting. So AI is going to help people make the characters, which then makes the looking glass that much more valuable. So the software level, you're building these toolkits will make it easier for people to actually get stuff onto the looking glass. Absolutely. So all yeah. of the, the whole kit and caboodle of visual generative AI and the conversational AI that platforms like ChatGPT have brought out there, all of those feed in unbelievable amounts of additional content into um, our holographic uh, hardware. Yeah. Wild. And how many people at the company now? About 40. Yeah. Seems like the right size team uh, while yeah. you're figuring it out. And if you can get these commercial projects, that'll pay for it. it are, are any amusement parks using this yet? Have you have you cracked that nut yet? Because that does seem to be, you know, like could be a wild or like these, uh, what do they call them? Like museum, these these Instagrammable experiences like Museum of Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. There are, seems to be like location-based entertainment, I think is the category. Well, that's what we used to call it. Our location-based entertainment and amusement parks and experiential stuff, has that started to drop yet? Are there any examples uh, that you can share or are they still under wraps and being worked on? Yeah, there's a few examples under wraps, um, but a lot more of that's going to come out now that there's both this content that people can use, uh, but also something you can speak to. Uh-huh. And that has really been the missing element um, for um, a much wider adoption, sort of ubiquitous adoption. Yeah. Yeah, just having them, it's kind of like an enhanced painting. Yeah. It's an, it's an enhanced graphic, but it's not an experience exactly until you can talk to them. And talking to them, man, that's going to just be crazy. I mean, imagine if you had some comedian, totally, you have Will yeah. Farrell or Dave Chappelle <laughs> or something. You, could, I mean, you literally could take Ricky Gervais to take something like that, and you could have them roasting people, you know? Mm-hmm. You could, you know, in a comedy club, you could have them interacting. And I mean, people would not, if you had Will Farrell, you know, goofing on the person and it had the ability to, with a camera, assess the person, they're short, they're tall, they're ugly, good looking, got blue eyes, whatever it is, they got a shirt. They could make fun of their shirt. They could make fun of their hair. You could get roasted. You could make jokes. I mean, it it could be pretty compelling. Uh, You can start to sort of, yeah, see where this is going. Listen, you know, I'm a bulldog guy. I've had bulldogs my whole life. But you know what? Dog owners, we're spoiled. We have so many dogs sitting, dog walking options, right? What about cat people? You know those cat people in your life? Well, I've got the perfect solution for them. Meowtel. Meowtel is the number one cat sitting app. 
and it's available on iOS and Android. And Meowtel sitters have over 60,000 five-star reviews from happy cat parents. And you know, these cat people, they're very demanding. They're not giving five stars out easily. All these sitters are fully vetted and insured, and they offer once or twice daily drop-in visits or overnight stays in your home so that your cats can enjoy playtime and cuddles in the comfort of their regular environment. A meet and greet is included with each reservation, so you can ensure the perfect fit. And your sitter will send detailed updates and photos to you each visit to let you know how your cats are doing, so you get that security, right? It feels great when you get the photo and you're like, ah, now I can enjoy my vacation in Italy or going skiing in Tahoe. Meowtel provides a 100% satisfaction guarantee and a team of support specialists to help Make sure you have the perfect experience. Use the code TWIST25 for 25 bucks off your first booking, okay? It's 25, two tens and a five, waiting fee. Code TWIST25 for $25 off. The pace of AI, um, you know, based on the pace of what you're doing with hardware, maybe you could talk about how you perceive that as a technologist who's worked in something for a decade but that, let's be honest, is a grind, mm-hmm. a little grind to get this thing up the hill. And then you see AI come in and the pace is best described as what daily, weekly, I think would, we'd probably both agree on. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's what we've been waiting for. Uh, and I know a lot of folks feel the same way. Um, and it feels like um, what... Um, the early internet days felt like. Um, I wasn't running a startup then, um, but always hoped to be able to live through that moment. Uh, and now that's what all of this generative AI is doing. And the, the pace is outrageous. Fortunately, we're already done with all of the um, hardware development and all of the software development that we did on platforms like you know IBM Watson and Alexa in the past, combined with our holographic software, sort of lets us move very, very fast um, on the, the Lightform software platform. So we're, um, we're keeping pace. We're the first folks out there with this holographic embodiment of um, AI. And uh, we intend to run as fast as the wave is that's coming at us. Yeah. The interesting thing is like you look at Watson and you look at Alexa, they were moving you know, like at a quarterly pace, maybe you would get yeah. some sort of updates, you know, maybe every six months, you'd see some improvement, you know, just as a technologist for 30 years, like this, the only other time I can remember things moving this quickly, were two moments. One was uh, the internet itself, right? Like mm-hmm. HTML, moving mm-hmm. very quickly to add features and every, let's say every month, monthly, the HTML spec would add something, you know, fonts blinking tags backgrounds whatever Um, and then when mobile came out you got this sense that you know every six months apple would release something every three to six months or android that just made your app a little bit better oh we have now we have an sdk for this so now we have gps enabled now we have messaging enabled now we have you know whatever feature it is uh, some graphics update and you can just do a little bit more a little bit more but the pace of this is just to me mind-boggling and I think there's a big lesson for founders in your company specifically, which is if your company doesn't die, <laughs> right? Which hardware companies die at an alarming rate. The fact that you made it to year eight as a hardware company and had some <laughs> number of users using it, you yeah. can you can stay in the game yeah. 
until some inflection point or enabling technology creates this amazing use case. And I'm, I'm really happy for you because I know how hard you worked you. on this. And, you know, we look back on Siri, Alexa, like these things seem dumb now. And yeah. then we look at ChatGPT and you're like, and I don't know if you've been playing with Bard. Have you been playing with Bard? And A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're like, whoa, now now it's a two-horse race. And yeah. then, I don't know if you've been on Hugging Face, like looking at some <laughs> of the other models, and you're like, well, wait a second. <laughs> some of these models are, you know, super promising and verticalized, <laughs> and it feels like the race is on. And yeah. we're going to have, like the web, 20 different models and, you know, there were 20 different servers or server farms, et cetera, to do that. And it's like, just think about Siri. Like, what's that? They, they bought that company for 200 million in 2010. Mm -hmm. Apple yeah. bought the Siri. Uh, what's that? I think it was an Israeli company. And uh, they're now 14 years, 13, 14 years into it. It's still terrible. Mm -hmm. The most it can do is like play a song or call somebody on the phone. It gets that wrong half the time. Maybe yeah. a third of the time. And now here we go. You're asking Jason Conkan is his best investment. And it's like, <laughs> oh, come on. And it's putting SaaS in it. <laughs> Where do you think this will be next year? You know, like you, you did that demo of like kind of talking to her about me. Okay. Let's say you get your dream character. Let's say we get, I don't know. If you had a dream character, what's a, what's a dream character for you? What would be like a holy grail of a character to make interactive? <laughs> fictional all or not fictional i mean yeah i mean i think a lot Jesus. of the characters from the <laughs> that, that that's a great one let's go with that one of what's your character <laughs> I, jesus is mine but what's your sorry i interrupted you i on the the other end of the spectrum i was gonna say <laughs> like a lego character um you know to be able to like summon all of this amazing 3d stuff within a world that you know my kids know Oh, so Roblox, yeah, or Minecraft or Lego yeah. being yeah. able to build in 3D, pull up different pieces, build a world. Oh my God, that is such a compelling vision. Like Roblox is getting super popular. And if you could have an integration with them, that would be next level. Totally. I think my Jesus one would be second only to Roblox and Minecraft. <laughs> But yeah. if you think about a religious person, I know this sounds crazy, and I don't mean this to be insulting to folks, but there are people who have, you know, big faith, and uh, mm -hmm. it's a big part of their lives, and, you know, there's a, probably a billion Christians on the planet, mm -hmm. who if they could literally have the Son of God mm -hmm. in a 3D model, and I'm not saying this to mock, but we grew up praying, and if you could say a prayer with Jesus, these, like, I don't know if you've looked at the Top 100 podcast recently, but... You know, like, we're like, oh, wow, I wonder if All In will hit the top 10. And it's like, you know, if it wasn't for Jesus and serial killers, we'd be the number one podcast. But there's nine podcasts ahead of us every week. And it's like three or four of them are a dude reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the other six are people describing serial killers. And once in a while, Bill Simmons, I think Bill Simmons basically can, Bill Simmons is good enough during the NBA season to beat jesus i'm not saying bill simmons is jesus i'm saying he competes with jesus but it, that would be amazing if the catholic church or say you could literally talk to jesus uh, are you catholic would you grow up christian no or? no 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 
so there's a thing like uh, you do penance like you can go to confession and say hey, I did these bad things and you gotta mm. say 10 Hail Marys you gotta say 5 All Fathers and you ask to be forgiven mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people will have a crucifix in their living room they'll have a picture of Jesus mm -hmm. or, or Mother Mary whatever um, this would be like a really serious thing that people could do where you could actually talk to Jesus or say a prayer with Jesus mm -hmm. that would be a best selling thing you have to get one of these mega churches to partner with you yeah, I think anytime folks want to feel a connection, you know, the uh -huh. realism is important. The realism is important. It can't feel like pre-baked scripts. It can't um, feel like, you know, you're um, talking to your phone. Uh -huh. um, it's got to feel real. And yes. in any of those situations, I think the, um, uh, the opportunity is uh, pretty big and very multifold. All right, listen, if you make a Jesus looking less... Since this was my idea, I want yeah. uh, I want fifty basis points as an advisor, fifty bips. Okay. When, I come, when I come back, when I come back in uh, three or four years, um, with Jesus, I say hopefully I say we took this idea. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, what can, can I get? Can I get my beak rub? What do I get? Twenty five <laughs> bips, a little quarter point, half point. I don't think it's too much. I mean, if it becomes a bestseller, I don't want it. If it doesn't become a bestseller, I'll make, I'll make a version of Jason Calacanis that, that speaks with the voice of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Angel start of Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that, I just that think I can guarantee. If you made a Jesus looking glass, I think you sell a million. I think you sell yeah. a million of them. There are, it would be the ultimate Christmas present, the ultimate yeah. Easter present yeah. to be able to talk with Jesus or just because uh, people want to pray every day. So to just yeah. do a prayer class, it, it could be with a famous priest. It could be a famous rabbi, a famous, yeah. you know, uh, any religious leader. Uh, wow, man. It's really inspiring when you think about actually manifesting these characters in the real world. They do what we'll mm -hmm. say, just don't promise me you're not going to like open up some portal to like an <laughs> evil place and start manifesting like Ghostbusters, some evil characters. We'll try. We'll try not to. All right, yeah. Sean, I will see you in another two or three years uh, when Thanks, Hologram Jesus and uh, Legos. I mean, if Roblox is, and Minecraft are listening, like... <laughs> One of you's got to get in here and get the exclusive on this for the next five years. Like, do an exclusive deal with Looking Glass and, and Rocket. If people want to learn more, if they want to buy a Looking Glass, if they want to start programming, where do they go? Uh, they don't even need to program. They can use this stuff with no programming experience, but they go to lookingglassfactory.com. Lookingglassfactory.com, or you just type Looking Glass Factory into the Google uh, or ChatGPT. Continued success, my friend, and uh, congratulations on staying alive. And finding this inflection point is a very important lesson for startup founders. You got to stay in the game and then good things happen. Prices get lower. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming the prices got lower mm -hmm. and the margins went up on the hardware. Yeah. 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 Man, see, that's it, man. You got to just keep grinding. Don't give up. And we'll see you all next time on This Week in Startups. Bye-bye.